Hey, everybody. Welcome to the GardenStateHSWrestling.com podcast, Near Fall, week four, day late, never a dollar short. We're bringing the money today. We're going to talk about my top 10. There's been some shakeups. We're going to preview the schedule. We're going to talk about some matchups this past week. We're going to name our wrestler of the week. But before we do all that, we got to talk about the man, Dan Wernikoff, champion athletes, the sponsor. The, you want to get better. You have to look at yourself like a car. You can put the polish on. You can get the new tires, but you need the fuel. Dan will help you with the fuel. He helps you if you're a wrestler, a football player, basketball player, hockey player, squash player. If, you want, if you're not an athlete in the state of New Jersey, out of the state of New Jersey, he will help you feel better as you go. Dan Warnikoff, champion athletes, sponsor the show. Use him. My family uses him. You will love it. Now, as we said, talked about, if you're a fan of the, the show and you've seen the podcast, great week of wrestling. Um, talk a little bit about the Hunter to Warren Sussex tournament that, you know, most, probably about, I would say 99.9% of the people thoroughly enjoyed. There were a few people with their stupid comments, but it happens. Um, another domination by Phillipsburg. And thank you, first of all, before we get into the teams, Phillipsburg and the Hunter to Warren Sussex uh, Athletic, Athletic Association. Thank you for allowing us to do it. We thoroughly enjoyed it. It was one of the most well-run tournaments I've been a part of. It's also easily the happiest I've been at some. There was no confusion. There was no reseeding. It was how it happened was how it happened. And it was well-run. And I hope to do it more in the future. But the tournament was great. The top finishers, Phillipsburg was number one by a long mark. Number two was Warren Hills. And number three is Hunter and Central. It'll be interesting to see because I know Phillipsburg is traveling to Warren Hills right, right up the street on 57, taking the highway up. They're going to be wrestling each other this Friday. That'll be a great match to see. And rounding out the top five were North Hunter and Pope John. A little surprised about Pope John, to be honest. Not in a bad way. I just didn't realize they had such good young wrestlers. I knew they had quality, but I didn't realize that it could advance. And the finish fifth in this tournament was very solid. Another matchup this past week, and we're going to focus on a team after this that I kind of want to talk about who had an interesting weekend, but uh, a match. Uh, one congratulations to Del Barton for heading down to Virginia, winning the East Coast Catholic Classic. They dominate down there. Del Barton showing why they're the best team in New Jersey right now. But a team I want to focus on a little bit is a team that confused me for a sense with how they performed last week, and that's Mount Olive. They're my number two team in, in the county. And in the area. So I understand that. So that's not the issue. The thing that was strange to me was they had an interesting week. They traveled over a couple, you know, a couple miles up the road to West Morris, which for you trivia buffs, and you may not realize this, West Morris and Mendham are sister schools. Back in the 50s, Mount Olive was the third school in that district before they broke off. So a little trivia for you if you ever want to sound cool at parties, which that really wouldn't make sense anyway. But they traveled to Mount Olive, or excuse me, Mount Olive travels to West Morris. And the one thing that threw me was Mount, West Morris forfeited six bouts, and Mount Olive only won by 12, which is shocking in a sense that when you talk to some of the people associated with the team, they said they didn't wrestle well and did that. And I think the big turning point when you look at everything is – uh, Riley Kamoya was bumped up to heavyweight and got caught with a headlock and thrown to the pin. So that's a 12-point swing there. And, you know, I don't think if that happens, it's, it's as close. But it was just kind of eye-opening. And I was like, oh, how are they going to respond next day when they make the trip up the high point? 
and they responded. They won 47 to 18, show, you know, basically stamping themselves as the number two team in the in the area with a with a big win in Mount Olive. And then they come out Saturday and beat per, he, they beat Paramus, they beat uh, Passaic County Tech. Understandable, that's fine. They lose by one to Southern, which is a top 10 team in the state. So if that doesn't show you Mount Olive's here and legit, I don't know what to tell you. So that, you know, they're, they've had a really good week. Now, heading into this week, there's some really good matches. And Mount Olive is actually first on the plate. We're going to be talking to the head coach of Mendham here in a little bit, but his team travels to Mount Olive on the 11th tomorrow or Tuesday. And that's going to be a, a good match on Tuesday. High Point gets their chance at Southern when Southern comes up and visits them on Wednesday. And then you look at on the 14th, Montville, who I think is still trying to get their footing after the shocking loss to, by some to Mendham earlier. They're going to go up and wrestle Pope John. That'll kind of give me a good chance because Mount Olive rebounded a little bit from that loss with finishing fourth at the Sam Cowley. So we'll see how everything matches up. And then also that same night, this is my Stefanelli Financial Money Match of the Week. Kittatinny traveling to High Point, a Freedom Division matchup that is going to be one for the ages. Coach Gill actually got his record-breaking win last year against his High Point team, albeit after a COVID shutdown, and these two teams are well-matched to go at it again. So we'll see how everything works out, and, you know, it's going to be a great matchup, and if, if it's, I'm sure they'll be talking about it and be uh, Facebook living it. I wish we could live stream it. I'm actually, as you could tell, I'm not at my usual location. I have to, I had to go take care of some family business this week. So uh, I'm not able to go up there and live stream it, but I really am going to be following that matchup. And then the 15th, two smear matchups if you want to go get get out and check out some great wrestling this weekend. Heading over to that Kittatinny, they're going to be hosting Delval, Morris, Knowles, and West Morris. Should be a solid quad of just some really good wrestling. And then if you want to go uh, not as far out in Sussex County, but stay maybe in Newton, grab a, a little food in, in town there at, uh, at Hayek's Country Market or somewhere over there, you're going to have the Borscht Duels, which you have Hanover Park, Newton, and North Huntington from the area. You also have South Plainfield, Tom Driver North, and Howell. It's going to be a really, really good good matchup so you want to get out and check out some wrestling this week that's where it's you know the place to go now before we get into our top 10 i guess we should reveal who our wrestler of the week is i tried and this is this is going to be me telling you i don't want to say behind the curtain you know with the wizard of Oz. don't look at the wizard don't look at the man behind the curtain when i pick my wrestlers of the week i try to stay away from guys who i know I'm going to have later on, i.e. somebody I know is going to make a re- deep run in states. And I've made exceptions this year because I know so far, like we've had um, Jason Smith. So Jason Smith, you know, I know is going to do really well. He medaled last year. I'm making that exception again this week. My wrestler of the week is from High Point. is Brian Saldana, two-time state champion. He wins the Hunter and Warren Sussex tournament. He won by Tech Fall. He and a couple other people thought he wrestled a little sloppy. It was a couple of times he might have, he looked like he could have got caught but rolled off his back. It, it wasn't the typical match, but he won. He was OW and he won his hundredth. So for somebody who, if COVID hadn't come around, would have crushed the county record for wins, 
for him to win his hundredth is still a big accomplishment, especially when he wasn't sure how well he was going to be. So, Brian, that's congratulations. And uh, I told your mother you weren't going to call her crazy, so I'm not going to do it either. Just joking. Um, now, before we get to Coach Babe, give you my give you my a great interview with Coach Babe. By the way, he talks a lot about his team and you know the surprise they have. But let's get to our top now. I said there were some some changes this week. From what I've seen and what I saw from some other stuff, there's kind of been a big shakeup in the bottom for the most part. My first one in is Hanover Park. Um, nothing against them, but I, I just don't know where they stand. They lost Bad to Kitty Titty, which isn't a horrible thing. I mean, yeah, obviously, but there was other teams performing a little bit better that I just, for the first time in a while, knocked Hanover Park out of my rankings. Number 10, Jefferson. Now, I knew Jefferson was going to be good, but Football kind of messed them up with some injuries, and I thought they'd be better a little later. But I think it's coming a little earlier than I thought. They demolished Roxbury, and Roxbury last week, if you remember, was my first one in. So I, I moved them in at number 10. Um, I was kind of debating between them and the number 19, Butler. Um, Butler's been doing really well. I want to see when they get in the, the meat of their schedule, but they've been performing really well. And there's an upcoming quad um, here, I think it's this weekend or, or, or pretty soon where Jefferson Butler and Morris Hills, I think are all at not hundred percent sure, but I, I know they're there. Uh, most of those are out there and that's going to be interesting to see how they turn out. Numbers, number eight, Morris Hills, like I said, number seven, Montville. I want to see how they've been doing. They're, they've been wrestling really well. I got to keep them behind Mendham because Mendham beat them head to head. Mendham's number six. Number five is Pope John. They beat Mendham. It only is fair they go there. Kittatinny has made a jump last week. They're number four. We'll see how it works with High Point because they're number three still. That could be a switch. We'll see how well it matches up. Locked in firmly at number two is Mount Olive. And number one is Del Barton. So, I mean, except for a little bit of change, we could see a possible change at three and four. We'll see how Kittatinny and High Point match up. And, you know, we'll see with uh, Pope John and Mendham. They're going to be wrestling, I think, this week as well. So, they're going to be matched up really well. But that's my top 10. You guys got any questions? Please let me know. We actually have a question this week. It comes from Eric in West Milford. Eric said, if I could go back and be a wrestler now with any coach that's currently coaching or any coach that previously coached, which one would I choose for each? So I'll break this down. If I could be a wrestler now, who would I wrestle for? A few that pop in mind, just off the top of my head, I would really like to wrestle for Coach Bay. I think he's a great coach. I think that'd be well. Um, coach Branham from Hanover Park, solid coach. I think he would, you know, be one of those coaches. And before any coaches yell at me, it's no disrespect. I just can't say every coach. It's just pers personal. We have a lot of great coaches. I, I don't want anybody to get upset, but that that would be that. And then Another one, I mean, obviously, if it was, if we're, we're talking West Jersey, John Kentagallo, Rom, Coach Fitz, you know, out that way, Hronka, you know, those are some coaches. But if I could really go and get coached by one coach, if I had an hour down that's currently coaching, probably be John Gardner. I, I, I don't know why. I know he'd be really tough, but he, he seems like a coach you want to run through walls for. Um, as far as former coaches, I wish I could have wrestled more for Coach Bullis, who was actually my coach as a freshman at Mendham. 
I wish could have, when we were there, I could have wrestled heavily for him. But coach, you know what? I would have loved to have wrestled for Coach Sook at uh, Randolph. I think that would have been a great. He, he's he's a heavyweight guy. I, I think I would have that would have been fun. But thank you, Eric, for the question. That was actually a hard one to think of and and kind of get you know rolling. But let's head to that interview right now with Coach Big. He talked a lot about his team and what's been going on. Took a little time. We'll take it to right there now. Joining me today on the podcast is someone knows that knows very well. Someone I've seen all over, someone I've known for years, someone who's usually the laurel to my hearty. He's the man who's gotten me at wrestling shows, not only high school, but pro and pomp and day. And is a man I, I rely on for knowledge and, and everything. And he's having a very good year this year with his squad, head coach Stephen Baig of Mendham. Coach, thanks for joining me for a few minutes. Oh, thanks for having me. Now talk about your squads. I know when we talked about it a little bit this year, COVID kind of played havoc with it last year. You had some young guys coming back, but you started off the season with a really big win against a team Montville, which, you know, I know you and a couple other people thought would be considered an upset, just kind of that and how it kind of set your team up going forward this year. Yeah, I mean, I think we were really impressed with the way, the way we started the season out. Um, you know, last year with COVID, it, it was tough. Uh, we lost Chris Trangali, Jack Bertha, who were state kids. Jack was one match away from placing. And um, coming into this season, I don't want to say to me it was unknown names, but it was probably not known names to other coaches in the county. And we've been working with these kids over the last couple of years, prepping them, telling them, listen, you're going to be in the varsity lineup before you know it. And you need to be prepared. And these are the things that you need to do. And uh, the kids did it. And um, so far, you know, it's it's been pretty good. Um, are we the most elite team in the state of New Jersey? No. But are we winning matches and, and, and wrestling good teams and winning matches? Yes. Now, I know you lost to Cranford, but they're, they're a very solid squad. So, I mean, that's nothing. And the, uh, the other one we talked about was it, it was a, a big loss to Pope John in the division. But you just said, you know, I know when we talked, you said you, had, you got your team really hadn't wrestled well with everything going on. I know you guys have kind of had a little bit of, you know, pauses and stuff. Nothing crazy, but just kind of little scares, with which every school's had. How do you navigate it this year? Because last year it was almost just kind of like, you know, okay, COVID, two weeks, see you later. And now it's kind of like a couple days and we're waiting for the testing. It's almost seems like this year might be a little harder, even though the season's normal time to navigate. Uh, in a lot of aspects it is. Um, you know, and, and to be honest with it, and I've talked with with my administration team and, and a bunch of different people, but things change. One day the state health department says this, then the CDC says this. Um, I had right before the Bayonne tournament, uh, I'm trying to think how many kids, uh, anybody who was unvaccinated was, was removed from the program due to close contact. And they were told that they weren't coming back for what was it? 10 days at that point. Next thing I know, you know, Thursday night, the CDC changes their regulations Friday morning. They need a negative COVID test and they're cleared the wrestle again. So it's, it's just kind of like the, the roller coaster. Things are going up, things are going down. They go back, like, you don't know what's coming at you. Um, and hopefully things start to settle pretty soon. That would, be, that would be nice. Yeah, it's a little weird how everything changes. And I'm still waiting some of the scores from the Bayonne tournament. I heard that scoring system was a debacle. So I'm waiting for Coach Luciani to call me about that because I spoke with him about trying to figure out who's after, after top three. Well, I heard you're, uh, you're taking it over next year. <laughs> Listen, I would, I would love to. I, I, I'm taking over as many tournaments as I can. I'm a tournament collector. But speaking, speaking of tournaments, I know, you know, we're we're kind of turning the corner. We're, 
you know, Morris County's tournament's coming up. You know, your squad's got a couple good guys going into it. I know it's one of the most competitive tournaments around. Just kind of how you plan for that. Because like you said, last year with COVID, you guys didn't have to worry about team the team aspect for the most part. Now we're going to be going more team matches into the tournament. Just how you're preparing these guys for that, especially some of those young guys who you think have potential to move on, but just kind of, you know, you're not sure yet. Yeah, I mean, the season's kind of broken up. So you, you start off with your opening tournament and then you typically have like a winter break tournament. And then you really hit your dual meet season. So we were prepping for those opening tournaments, but now we're switching gears and trying to get the kids in that mindset of how to wrestle as a team and, and wrestle in dual meets. Um, and we've done a lot of practice planning uh, in regards to that. And going back to like both John, like you, you said, I mean, we didn't wrestle our best at that match and the kids know that. Um, we got pinned way too many times, gave up way too many bonus points. But from there, we brought that back to the room and we started talking about team concepts, especially in regards to wrestling. And I think it really settled in. We had a nice weekend. We went two and one. Cranford's a very talented team. Um, and they have a long legacy of being talented teams. So, you know, to go in there, I felt at that point, there, in my opinion, I mean, Pope John doesn't want to hear it, but probably Cranford's a little bit of a better team than Pope John but I felt we went out there and we competed and were competitive against them. And then moving forward, you get through that dual meet season. Like you said, the MCT comes up and then you have to switch gears again and try to get the kids into a little bit of a different mindset that now, <clears throat> sorry, but at this point, like now you need to be a little selfish. Now it is about you. You need to go after certain things and, and being late in the match, where in a dual meet, we might say, no, 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 don't try to like lat drop a kid and stupid, you know, give up the, the decision, you know, in a, in a tournament like an MCT, you're going to say, go, go try to lat drop that kid. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you a question. Speaking of that, you know, following up with that, when you talk about having a tournament, I know we had the Hunter Warren Sussex tournament this past weekend. Um, do you, would you prefer the tournament to be early? Or do you like it how it is at the end of the season, kind of right before? Because then you're, you're out of that mindset completely because then the next thing, you know, you just focus on the dual meets. Is it kind of a distraction having it then? Or do you like it where it happens? I think that's a great question. It, in a way, I really like it where it is because you're hitting that in the last weekend of January. And then you really only have – and then you hit the, the team tournament, right? You have one more dual meet season, the team tournament. Maybe a week, if that, yeah. Right. But I think it gets our kids allowed to like start to shift a little bit of that mindset as we're getting closer to the district tournament, where if you have it just early in the season, I think it's just you're wrestling those opening like tournaments. Then you might have one or two duels. That's another tournament. Then it's dual meets. You know, I I'd rather kind of have a little bit of a, a lengthier period in there of having dual meets and then just sit in a tournament, especially highly competitive like that. Now you guys are going to have a nice, you're talking about competitive week. You got Mount Olive coming up here on uh, Tuesday. Always going to be a tough match. I know they're, they're a really talented squad. You, and I know you want to see how you match up against them. So that'll, that'll be, you know, interesting to see. And I'm sure I'll most likely get a phone call from you afterwards telling me what happened or this and that. But then a match I, 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 I'm sort of interested in seeing it. And I, I think it's, it's fun just because who's on the other side of the mat at Aquanic. I know uh, you and Lepagli are uh, – Pompton kids, Passaic area kids, you know, Passaic County area kids. So for you guys to be in there, and especially that close, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a fun match. And he's a friend of yours too. So just talk about those two matches and kind of what they set up. I mean, Mount Olive, uh, you know, give them a little bit of an applause. Uh, they're an excellent program. Uh, they worked really hard. The youth program has really uh, turned their high school team into a powerhouse um, in the state of New Jersey. And uh, I'd actually love to see them like, 
wrestle Del Barton this year and see how all that pans out. I think they're going to be competitive in all their matches. Um, they just wrestled Southern to a one point decision, right? And they're a dual. Yeah. I mean, they're on my thunder for the rankings. <laughs> sorry. Well, I mean, I mean, they're a very good program and, and well-deserved. Um, you know, Sean's been at that, him and Billy Romano for years, really working uh, hard to get their kids in shape and to get their program in shape. So, you know, kudos to them. Um, I think it's going to be a very tough match for us. Uh, but again, yeah, and I told the kids today, same thing. We need to just compete. You know, if we go and we wrestle, wrestle that match, we wrestle it tough, you know, we leave our hearts out on the mat, I'm not going to complain, win or lose. I just want us to be competitive. I want us to compete in every match. I think that's important. Uh, moving on to Paquanic, you know, um, Jay and I have been really close for a long time. Uh, we're, you know, wrestled at club together. We're club wrestling partners in high school. Um, I wrestled at Springfield. He wrestled down the street at, at Western New England. And we've just been friends for, I'm not going to say how many years, it's going to start dating me. Oh, but, oh, I don't want to age you, but I know when I first started, you got, he was coaching with you. So, yeah. I, and, you know, I started back in the day. Yeah, so we had um, Coach LaPaglia coached with me for eight years, you know, before moving on. Um, and then he's been part And, um, you know, I think we thought coming out of COVID, full team, you know, we didn't know exactly where we'd stand moving into this season. We just thought, you know what, why not just set, set up a dual meet? We were looking for matches, and it, it made sense. And uh, there's never any hard feelings, but I'm going to coach my team. He's going to coach his team. And whoever it is at the end, you know, where the, so to speak, where the cookie crumbles, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always interesting to see a dual meet like that because I know how friendly you guys are. And it's, it's fun because Hilly's like, I want to beat him. And it's always great, good competition. You know, there's nothing nothing crazy about it, but it's it's just a fun time, especially in the county and the, you know, as, as we're heading towards that, it's always fun to see those matchups of the coaches you see all the time and you're friendly with and, you know, you actually root for when you're not wrestling you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're tight. We talked yesterday. We're texting today. It's, you know, you're, you know what, you're friends, but like, it's just like in high school or, or anything else. You might be friends with people, but once you step on the mat, you step on the mat and it is what it is. Yeah. I just always feel bad for him because he's never ridden a roller coaster before. So I think it's tough. And I know, like, I've asked him to come do stuff, and he can't get his shift off at the lollipop guild, so it's really tough for him. But he does make good cookies in his trick, so we, we will go with that. I think that's three great short jokes for him. But, uh, <laughs> it's a Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm glad you can uh, be there. And uh, I would say I'd see you at the MCT, but who knows? Well, I'm sure you'll be at the MCT. We'll see you in what capacity. Um, but I do want to say one other thing before, you know, I get off air with you. Go ahead. You have the floor. Uh, and that's just to send my condolences to the Shealy family. Um, unfortunately, Wayne Shealy passed away. And um, he, to me, he's a legacy in just athletic, high school athletics period. He coached for, I think, 50 years, maybe 50-plus years with wrestling. Um, he was on the sidelines of football this year with Parsippany as an assistant coach. And uh, he's been at various different places throughout the years, particularly Newark Academy. And uh, he even coached against Len Smith. So mm – -hmm. You know, Wayne's been around for a long time, and uh, unfortunately, we're really going to miss him. And, uh, you know, I really wish his family the best, and my thoughts and prayers are with them. Same with ours, Coach. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you, Coach Big, for taking the time. Um, on a final note, I want to – Coach Big mentioned it when he mentioned his condolences. I, I want to do the same. Um, I never like to end on a sad note, but when you lose somebody like uh, Coach Shealy, 
who was very, it was very suddenly. And I had a chance to coach, uh, coach. I had a chance to interview Joey and watch his growth, uh, through the four years at, at, uh, Morris Hills culminating in a seventh place finish in 2017 at 170. Um, nicest kid in the world. And that came from his parents. Um, Coach Sheely would always be there at the room or wherever, would always give you the intel on the kids that were coming up and keep an eye on this kid, keep an eye on that kid. And just an amazing, amazing guy. And such an ambassador of the sport. Um, he would always help pitch in to help with a kid. Just, just the best way to put it is when you look at somebody and you look at their life and you look at all the tributes and you can't find one person who has anything bad to say about the man, you know, he was a special man. And that's what Wayne Shealy was. He was a special man. He'll be missed. And my condolences go out to his wife, his kids, especially Joey. And I reached out, um, Anything that the community can do and guards at HS Wrestling can do to help you guys in your time, please, please don't feel bad and reach out. But not to end on a sour note, but my condolences. But for Jared, the podcasting legend, I'm Donald J. Brower. We'll see you next week.